Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. My name is Lee, and this is episode 23, chapter 23 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, content warnings will be listed in the episode description, and if I've missed any, of course, feel free to let me know. I will happily go back and add them. This one's a doozy, y'all. If you remember, at the end of the last chapter, Anna is sitting in a bar, in like a fancy bar in a fancy hotel with her mom, having some drinks, you know, after a day out, like you do. She's emailing back and forth with Christian, and Christian sends an email that implies that he is currently watching what Anna is doing. And so Anna is like, oh shit, he's here. He's in this bar. He followed me across the country. And starting at the beginning of this chapter, sure enough, she looks around, she sees Christian in the bar on the literal opposite end of the country. For those of you who are not familiar with U.S. geography, which is most of the people who live in the U.S., myself included, look up a map of where Washington State is and a map of where Georgia is. They're like pretty much as far across the country as you can possibly get without getting into like Alaska or whatever. And here he is. He just shows up. Why? Well, remember the other night when they were like sexting each other, quote unquote sexting each other, but you know, emails because they're weird like that and they were like wish you were here I do too like you do when you're sexting your partner when you're away from them for a while and so Christian shows up Anna's like why are you here Christian's like well you said you wanted me here no she fucking didn't and you both know it but of course of course he has to take the tiniest little excuse to come swoop in and take over her trip that was supposed to be anna getting space from christian but he just can't he just can't do it he can't keep his ass out of the center of attention at all times he can't do it so here he is so Anna's mom pretty quickly picks up on there's like something weird going on between these two because remember when they were like emailing back and forth at the end of last chapter they were talking about Mrs. Robinson and how Anna was pissed that Christian like immediately went back to you know and like hung out with his ex as soon as Anna was out of the picture. So Anna's mom steps out and they and Anna and Christian start discussing Mrs. Robinson and Anna comes out and says this woman is a child molester. <laughs> like she statutory raped you and Christian comes back with you know that he, he doesn't think of her that way and it's what he needed at the time because again this was like over a decade ago and he has not even begun to come with to come to terms with what you know happened to him what was done to him but I just want to like take a, a pause on that for a moment and say like a bad situation doesn't necessarily feel bad at the time it can feel like neutral or even like good at the time it can feel like okay this is what i need right now and then it's only in hindsight that you see oh no wait that was actually really toxic and what that woman did to me as a 15 year old child was incredibly predatory just because you weren't necessarily completely uncomfortable with what was happening in the moment does not mean that you can't look back on that later and say, actually, that was really fucked up and that shouldn't have happened to me. Like, that's completely valid if that's your experience of something bad that happens to you. But also, Christian has not even gotten there yet. He is still in, no, it's fine. I was a child and she was an adult woman and we were in a sexual relationship and there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. 
Oh, yeah. And then Christian mentions that his relationship with Mrs. Robinson ended because her husband found out. So not only is she a predator, but she is also married at the time, and she is cheating with a child with a fucking 15-year-old. It just keeps getting worse. It just keeps fucking getting worse. So Anna is basically like, what the fuck? This is such a fucked up situation. And Christian gets mad and leaves in a huff, of course. He mentions he's staying at that same hotel that they are in the bar of. And he's like, put your drinks on my tab. Here's my room number. So of course... Anna's mom comes back and is immediately like, okay, you came here because there's something up between you and him. There's this, like, weird energy between you and him, and I can see it even more clearly now that I've seen the two of you interact. Go talk to him. Go work it out. Go spend the night in his hotel room, basically, is what she says. Uh, so Anna does. Smash cut to Anna knocking on Christian's hotel room door. He lets her in. They start talking. Whatever. Here's our first quote of this chapter. Page 426. Sucks I didn't get a quote from page 420, huh? He says, you were so mad at me. I don't remember anyone but my family ever being mad at me. I like it. Okay, so two things. <laughs> First of all, the fact that nobody else in his life has ever gotten mad at him. I mean, the people pleaser in me is like, God, goals. Um, but also, like, what that tells me, given his station in life, given that he is a rich, white, you know, cis, straight man, just tells me that he has mostly been surrounded by enablers his entire life, and nobody has ever set boundaries for him or set limits on him. And that's probably why his ego is the fucking size of Antarctica. He is so used to getting his way no matter what, no matter how toxic it is, no matter how intrusive it is on other people's lives around him. Nobody says no to him. Nobody gets mad at him. Everyone's just yes men, enablers, whatever. This explains so fucking much about why he is the douchebag that he is today. Second of all, I like you mad. I like that. You got mad at me. I like it. Ew. No. Red flag. Gross. I know there's this whole thing in, like, cishet relationship dating culture where, like, oh my god, you get to have your first fight and then you have makeup sex and it's so hot and whatever. I don't like that. It feels very toxic to me because you probably should not be enjoying having your partner mad at you. You probably should not be in enjoying having someone that you care about and that you want to continue to have in your life angry at you. You should be striving to have them happy with you. And no, nobody's perfect, so nobody is, like, never gonna have any anyone mad at them ever. Like, that's just not how being a human works. But when your partner is mad at you, that's not hot. That's not spicy. That's not whatever. That's not adding spice to the relationship. What it is, is a check engine light. It's telling you that there is something wrong in the relationship. They're not getting one of their needs met. They're not feeling seen or heard. They're whatever. Something is wrong. Something needs to be talked about, maybe fixed, maybe renegotiated, whatever it is. It's a sign of a problem that needs to be identified and worked through one way or the other. It should not be a good thing. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so fast forward a few pages. Of course, they're going to have sex. Before anything else, they're going to have sex. And so 
here's another little scene that breached containment back when this series was first published. And um, page 430, if you if anyone wants to skip ahead and read through it, is the infamous tampon scene where so Anna is on her period and they're about to fuck. And so Christian like undresses her and then pulls her tampon out, which the entire internet freaked out about. My least favorite part of that scene was that he threw it into the toilet. PSA, don't do that. Don't put tampons in the toilet. Don't put pads in the toilet. Don't put fucking anything except toilet paper in the toilet unless you want a plumbing bill. Thank you for listening. This has been a PSA. Moving on. So then, because she has now taken her very first birth control pill, um, he immediately just, like, fucks her without a condom, which, first of all, even if she is on birth control and she's okay with, and you're, like, comfortable with U2's STI status and she's okay with having unprotected sex now that she's on birth control, you should still check in with her before you do that. Because it's been a while. It's been a few weeks since U2 last had this conversation. You should be checking in again. But no, he just does it. He just sticks it in. Here we go. Second of all, she has taken one birth control pill, possibly two at this point, but it it's very recent since she started taking hormonal birth control. I am not a doctor. I am not a medical professional, so maybe I'm wrong about this, but it was uh, my understanding that hormonal birth control is not fully effective that fast. So yikes. Also, she, like, when they're fucking, she, like, makes a point to, like, mention the feeling of skin against skin, which, like, I don't know, y'all. Like, I've been fluid bonded to my partner for a while now, so again, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like in my experience, a dick with a condom on and a dick with no condom on, I really can't tell the difference when it's in there, in there. I don't know. It just feels like another thing that straight culture makes such a huge deal of. And I'm just over here like, I don't know, it feels pretty good either way. But as always, I am open to non-explicit dissenting opinions. So I don't remember if I've uh, mentioned this detail on the podcast before or not, but Anna has noticed that Christian has these little round white scars all over his chest. She asks him about them on this particular day. He basically like shuts down and he's like, yeah, someone did that to me. Stop talking about it. And she's like, did Mrs. Robinson do that to you? And Christian says something along the lines of, she's not an animal. Of course she didn't do that to me. A couple things. So this is another like little window into Christian's uh, abusive childhood before he came into the picture book perfect life of his rich white family who adopted him. And so Anna has concluded, and I'm pretty sure she turns out to be correct about this, she has concluded that they must be cigarette burns from like someone stubbing out their cigarette on his bare chest. Which like, I don't know if I would recognize that. If I just saw someone with like scars, I don't know if I would be able to be like, hmm, that looks like someone tortured you with cigarettes. You know? whatever, here we are, they're cigarette burns. So Christian, of course, is like, no, my dom would never do that. She's not like that. She's not an abuser. I would just like to say that it does not seem entirely unreasonable to me that someone, as part of a, like, experienced, well-negotiated, consensual, risk-aware kink scene, would have a cigarette put out on them. I would not put it past some kinksters to do something like that with all the, like, correct precautions in place. So I'm going to call that a little bit of kink shame. Like, I totally understand that an author like E.L. James would look at that and go, holy shit, why would anyone do that to themselves? But from where I'm standing, does not seem entirely unreasonable as a kink scene. So just putting that out there. 
So, they're continuing to talk about Mrs. Robinson, and Christian says, and unfortunately I did not write down the page number on this quote. Sorry, I'm getting lazy about that. He says, she loved me in a way that I found acceptable. And he follows that up with, it's hard to grow up in a perfect family when you're not perfect. I kind of actually really liked that sentiment because I think it really well illustrates how, like, kink can be kind of therapeutic and it can be a safe feeling way to deal with traumas. So here's Christian. He was basically abused for the first four years of his life, was in a horrible home situation for those first four years, and then, you know, taken out of that home and adopted by this perfect, loving, wholesome, you know, stable, rich, wealthy family. I can absolutely see, you know, not feeling like you belong in that world and not feeling like you are able to accept that kind of, you know, wholesome vanilla love, either in, you know, in a familial way or in a romantic way when you get to that age. I can see a love that's a little bit more laced with violence feeling a little bit more acceptable to you. And that that is not at all me saying that kink is abuse or kink is, is analogous to abuse because it's not. And I have plenty of rants on that subject in past episodes if you would like to go revisit them. But, you know, I could absolutely see it feeling like a more acceptable and or accepting way of experiencing and giving and receiving love than this, you know, picture perfect life that maybe you don't feel like you fit into maybe you don't feel like you deserve, you know? I don't know what's going on, what went on or is still going on with Christian because he won't fucking communicate with anybody. But yeah, I, I, I think every once in a while, I think E.L. James stumbles onto these really great insights into kink that she just kind of approaches in completely the wrong way and just kind of leaves behind for other parts of the story because, you know, she doesn't know what she's found, <laughs> you know? Um, she doesn't realize what she's found, which is unfortunate. So anyway, Anna says something about like wanting to get to know Christian better and Christian is like, well, what do you want to know? What do I have to tell you? What do you, meh. First of all, bro, chill. Second of all, like, what do you mean? What does she want to know? What do you mean? What do you have to do? What do you mean? Like couples get to know each other. If you're in love with someone, you want to know all about them, or at least that's been my experience. Okay, if you'll allow me to go on a hopefully short-ish, very uh, sappy digression about my current relationship and my current partner. So my partner is a gardener and she loves it. Like this is, she loves plants so much and I love her for it. And like the, on our first date, we took a walk and she was like making comments about how, you know, plants that we saw on the street had been pruned and how good they looked or how bad they looked. And like over the course of our relationship, that kind of thing, like her appreciation for plants has only continued to just wash over me and leach into my life and leach into the way that I move through the world and like the way that I see plants and I appreciate plants now is like so much more enhanced and so much more profound than it was before we met and before we started dating because you know my way into it was seeing this person that I loved and I cared about and seeing how much she loves and cares about plants 
dance and that just kind of soaked into myself as well. So my point in all this is that from my perspective, yeah, of course you want to get to know the person you love, the people you love. This is not just, you know, exclusive to monogamous romantic relationships. Like you want to know every detail about them. You want to know what they love, what they hate, what their, you know, passions are, what they want out of life. Like everything, 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 their favorite color, their favorite meal, how they take their coffee. Like Christian, have you never felt that way about anyone? Like anyone in your life ever? Because that's really sad. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry that you have literally never wanted to get to know someone beyond what can they do for me? You know, how can I use them? Whether that's in like a business sense or a kinky sense or whatever. That is a horrifyingly lonely way to live your life. No wonder you're so fucked up. Try and make some actual human connections sometime, bro. I promise it's worth it. So page 435, Anna is thinking, it seems he's going to get angry every time we have a discussion. Bingo! Ding, ding, ding! You just hit on a huge red flag in your relationship. He does, in fact, get angry every time, every time you try to bring up fucking anything. And that's bad, first of all. Not great. Second of all, something you want to pay attention to and you want to think about. Because I'm pretty sure I've already said this about a million times before in this podcast. That's not going away. That's probably not even going to get much better. The way that a potential partner or someone you're dating approaches conflict is a huge sign of how your relationship is going to go. Pay attention to that shit. Do you want him getting angry and shutting the conversation down every single time you bring anything to him for the rest of the time that you're together? Because that's what's going to happen, bro. Like, I don't know about you, but that shit gets exhausting really fucking fast. Like, that is one of the top requirements for me in a relationship is someone who can talk through conflict and work through conflict in a mature way. (laughs) And that's not to say that they're never allowed to feel emotions or that we're never allowed to have conflict in our relationship because of course, of course that's going to happen. It's it's part of being a human interacting with another human. Like conflicts are going to come up. But at the end of the day, if we can't talk it out and express our needs and our wants and our feelings to each other and come to some kind of conclusion, even if that conclusion is just this needs to be a longer ongoing conversation, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I, there's no way I could be with someone who just gets so fucking butthurt at every tiny little poke at his gigantic fucking ego. That's, no, I don't have time for that. I don't fucking have time. I don't have, I can't. (laughs) Because he's gonna keep getting mad. He's gonna keep shoving this shit down whenever he feels like it. And none of this is ever gonna get resolved. And it's just gonna keep festering and getting worse and building resentment and driving a wedge between the two of you. Just, girl, just get out. Just get out now. Here's a little exchange, page 436. Anna says, I don't think I can do it as in, you know, do the kinky stuff for an extended period of time. A whole weekend being someone I'm not because they're right now they're like their agreement is to see each other on the weekends, right? Christian says, no, I don't think you could either. You're not a great submissive. 
He says, you are not a great submissive. Yikes. Fucking dick move. Not helpful. Not what she needs to hear right now, bro. Shut up. Anna jokingly says, maybe I don't have a good teacher. However, ding, 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 once again, nail on the head. Your teacher is bullshit. He's terrible at his job. Christian says, perhaps I should be stricter with you. No, no, you should not, is the short answer to that. Being stricter with her is not going to fucking help anyone right now. The best you're going to get is traumatizing her eventually, pushing her too far and traumatizing her. Point the first, just straight up saying, you're not a very good submissive. Oh my god, bro. Like, here is this girl who is willing to go so fucking far out of her comfort zone for you, specifically for you, my man. And she is trying to build this entirely new skill set, something that she did not even know existed a few weeks ago, let alone had any interest in participating in. But she is learning. She is trying her fucking best to learn for you, my man. The last thing she needs to hear is, you're not very good at that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's just gonna, it's just gonna fucking deflate her. Like, why even keep trying if you're not gonna get anything except, yeah, you're not great at it. Second of all, she's a fucking novice. She's a beginner. Give her fucking time to learn. Third of all, maybe you could try being a better fucking teacher. Because, like she said, I know she didn't mean it, but she's fucking right. You've been doing a shit job of it so far. And now you're blaming it on her. You're saying it's because she's not submissive enough. No, bro. It's because you're an asshole. Third of all, she does not need you to be stricter. She just does fucking not. She needs you to communicate better. She needs you to do better about boundaries and consent and communication and emotional maturity and all this other shit that I've been yelling about for fucking 22 chapters and a half at this point. Oh yeah, so remember how I was talking a few minutes ago about how, like, if none of this shit ever gets resolved and he just keeps shutting shit down all the time, it's just gonna keep festering and getting worse down the line? So they're having this conversation, and eventually he decides he's had enough of trying to be an actual human being, and just shuts it down, pulls her into his lap, and is like, I'm gonna fuck you now. Yeah, that's, like, almost as bad as him shutting it down by getting angry at her. Because, again, it's not helping anyone. It's, like, you can't- if you keep pulling away from the conversation as soon as it starts to get difficult for you, you're never gonna fucking get anywhere. But whatever, they fuck again. In the bathtub, with no lube, by the way, which sounds like fucking torture to me, but hey, what do I know? So after the second sex scene in this chapter, they're talking about Christian's sexual past and like his past uh, partners or whatever. He's like, yeah, there are like places you can go to practice if you want to, you know, get better at being kinky. And And he's like, in conclusion, he's like, yes, Anna, I have in fact paid for sex. And Anna is like, well, ugh, I, that's nothing to be proud of, girl. Come on now. We do not stand anti-sex work bullshit in this household. Oh, thank you. Actually, I was gonna say it's fine, but actually going to a kinky sex worker, like a, a sex worker who offers kink as part of their services, is a fantastic way to practice kinks and get better at them. And whether that's like a specific kink that you've never tried before and you want to try with, you know, someone who knows what they're doing, or if you just want to learn how to be a dom or want to learn how to be a sub, like there are people who you can pay to help you with that. 
And it's fantastic because it's literally their job to help you have a good time and not to judge you. So like, I'm all for it. If you want to try a new kink, if you want to practice a kink that you think you could be better at, and you have the, the monetary means, pay a sex worker. Do it with a sex worker. Fuck yeah, bro. Also, like, maybe Anna should be going to a pro-dom to, like, practice being a sub. But of course, Christian would not let her do that ever because he is not letting anyone near her if they are not himself. And second of all, like, then she would learn what an actual good dom is like and run for the fucking hills immediately. So, of course, he can't let that happen. So yeah, that's it for this chapter. Um, they like fall asleep in Christian's gigantic king-sized bed in his hotel room, and that's where the chapter ends, as usual. Thank you so much for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my social media at allmylinks.com slash leecartist, and this podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. My Patreon is patreon.com slash thecurdledpod. Be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on those links. I still, I have not actually gone through and edited my outro script, so I'm still, like, winging it. I apologize. So anyway, Patreon. You can uh, support this podcast monthly in return for fun, exclusive content. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, please rate and or leave a review review on your podcast app of choice. Please would love to get some more ratings on this podcast. That would be fabulous. Tell a friend, write it about it on social media, tweet about it while Twitter still exists. Whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast would be so, so appreciated. Thank you so much. The logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk-aware consensual kink. Yeehaw! like okay i'm gonna he he's i don't i'm gonna phrase that a different way jesus christ